something. Someone do something. Just push buttons. You're live, man. All right. It's about dang time. Welcome back, everyone, to the 3 of 7 podcast. It's been about a week since we last talked to you guys. A lot of stuff's went down uh, since we talked to you guys. What all have we been up to? We went to Chattanooga for a speaking engagement. Got to meet the FDA, uh, our favorite government organization, the FDA. Got to speak to them. What else have we been doing, Blake? Well... We got some range training coming up. Yeah, yeah, we got some of that coming up. We went and laid out a shot a little bit, laid some. We went out and laid out a land navigation course this morning during our team PT time. That was good. That's going to be a good little course. Yeah, it is. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty tough moving. Chili, what the crap have you been up to, man? <laughs> Well, so recently just um, trying to figure out this international shipping, you know, we announced that last week and um, got everybody all excited. Everybody ordered their items from overseas and now they're getting kicked back to us. So um, pretty pissed off about that. Chili's got to warm up that hand so he can fill out them customs forms. <laughs> Dude, that one package y'all had in there, where was that thing supposed to be going to Hungary? Uh, no, I don't remember, man. It looked like it went. Oh, it looked like it went a long ways the one through to the, the mail. Ne- Netherlands, yeah, been the Netherlands, the ringer, man. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna try to resolve this for you, but they we're sent trouble. that thing a long ways and then sent it right on back. Didn't they? I can't promise that you'll ever get it. We're doing our best. We're doing Ooh. our best. Well, you know what? I've always, you know, thought about going to the Netherlands anyway. So maybe we'll we could gonna- always just make a trip and hand deliver it. Hand delivery. Plan on that? Could do yeah. That. We'd do that shipping option with 25 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hand delivery? Yeah. Well, um, now, other than that, I've just been reading these questions you gave to me, so. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, this is a Q&A episode. I posted a story. I literally got in my car and left my house and posted this story halfway here. And there's already probably over a hundred questions. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it just went off the rails. So there's a lot of things that, you know, people want us to talk about. And that's what today's episode's gonna be all about. You know, Chili, you know, he's he's got the questions over there and uh I don't know how he's gonna do it, if it's gonna be rapid fire, Lord, if it's yeah. gonna be, you know, longer form answers. Is he gonna uh, Take new questions. Can the listener, can the live audience go on your channel and well, absolutely submit a question? Okay, absolutely. Don't put it in well, the comment on YouTube. YouTube, go to the story because Chili's reading the questions, and that's yep, how you yep, that's yep, how yep. you get them. Are people on YouTube even on Instagram? I, I don't think I don't many think of them so. are. No, if you ain't, you can't ask a question. Little crossover, very little. Yeah, I think the people that follow on uh, YouTube are not many of them are on Instagram. Oh, they're and, all saying nope. Yeah. Nope. It, well, and I don't blame you guys for not being on Instagram, man. Look, I log on to Instagram, and when I first got on there in 2019, it seemed to be the majority of people were on there sharing really cool stuff that was, like, inspiring or entertaining or informational. And now, every time I log on there, really... It's either an advertisement, it's some political commercial or strife or something like that, or it's some 
body criticizing someone else for whatever. And I don't know if it has shifted just because that's what Instagram is popping into my feed, but, like, is anybody even on Instagram now? Is anyone left actually using Instagram for what it's supposed to be used for? Which is supposed to be you should use it to inspire someone, to entertain someone, or to inform someone. Not to get on there and freaking criticize someone or post. Look, man, I understand. Social media, it's the public square. There's nothing wrong with posting your, your political opinions and ideologies on there every now and then but holy crap man that's like not the only purpose for social media so well it's a marketplace too and and yes it is it's just like overwhelmingly everything you see is a freaking advertisement it's an advertisement and here's the thing if you have a big following on instagram and you have a product that's going to, you know, help your people or you have a product you're excited about it, you can advertise on Instagram, but offer up some free value while you're doing that. Like, don't just, it just it can't just be a pure advertisement. Like, hey guys, let me give you something. It's like truck talk, right? Why do I do truck talk? I come on truck talk to offer you some sort of substance, something that's going to make you think, that's going to inspire you, that's going to, you know, impact you. I give you, hopefully, some value, and then I ask you, go get your hat, get your t-shirt, man. Keep my man chilly in the dungeon. It's a a value exchange. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to give you my time, offer you my experience, I'm going to offer you my opinions. I'm going to offer you the things that I've learned in life for free. And I can keep doing that as long as you guys keep supporting us. It's a two-way relationship. But it's overwhelmingly just a freaking ad. So I don't blame y'all for not being on Instagram, man. Well. Which it ain't ain't like YouTube's much better. It's just a a different type, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, YouTube, look, if you want to, look, if you want to put a question in, I'll keep an eye out, but it ain't going to be no smooth brain, just off the wall (laughs) stuff, all right? If if I see a good question come up, I'll... I might ask it. I might ask it. Well, look, thank so. you. Thank you for the questions. We've got a lot on Instagram. I'm sure a lot are coming in on YouTube. We might get to some of both. Thank you to our international watchers and viewers and merchandise wearers. We're going to keep working for you, doing our best. Just wanted to give you that update. Yeah, you better figure that crap out, Chili. Well, I'm working You've on You've been it. sitting around all week not doing nothing. You hadn't even called me all week. People been wanting them truck talk shirts all over the world <laughs> i don't know that's the that. best seller and look that look they can't even get them yeah well you, you might want to get you a truck talk shirt that's gonna be a collector's item one day that's oh one and done, that's a one run well yeah okay. i think so yeah we ain't stocking think, them think, again they selling what? too hot nothing else to sell <laughs> i think what's in there now is what's gonna be good so oh um, well, we've had all kinds but, of stuff going on when, when are we getting that book blake are them books? Yeah, um, supposed to be 
early February, like the third to the fifth or something. When is that? Like two weeks from now or what? Well, I mean, a that's week? just a few days, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hopefully next week I mean, we'll yeah, be ready to. We got the, the thirty. Today's the last day of January. We got the mailers to ship them. So we talking like three to five days. Oh, like okay. That. Yeah, we got a book coming out for y'all. That was one of the questions. So how about that? We're shooting for next week. It's not the kind of book you guys are thinking, but I think you're gonna like it. Yeah, you so, ain't even explain what it is, man. No, I'll explain what I'll explain what the book is when uh when they come in and you guys can actually go and and buy you one you know youtube will particularly like it because what we was just talking about yeah yeah i think it's going to be cool for them for sure uh what's what was you going to say something corn oh before we start the q and a i got a question from one of the patreon members that i'd like to ask real quick i've been holding it for a few weeks Good, right? Good. Well, you know, y'all get wound up. Man can't slide in nowhere. Gosh, cornbread. Big old clothes on. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so our, if you guys don't know, our Patreon members are people who have been listening to the podcast and watching the YouTube channel and all that, and uh, they decided they wanted to go above and beyond supporting us and what we do here, so they join us on Patreon, and it's like a private platform where you don't have all the bull crap that you see on these public platforms and um, you just download the app and we do three live calls per month on Patreon called Resurrected. So we've got a big, big crew over there, man. So yeah. What's the question you got, Corn? So this Patreon member, he's training to do his first hundred mile race and nobody in his surroundings, his buddies or whatnot are runners. So he's wanting to know how he needs to form his crew members, like what he needs to tell them, what they should expect, what they should do. Chili, yeah, I remember Corn asked us this question offline yeah. a while back. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. so he's got his he's got his his crew members picked out, but they've just never crewed anybody before, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So he's got the crew assembled. They just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the first thing I would ask is... It's hard for me to answer this question because I've never crewed anybody. <laughs> Chili's crewed me. Blake's crewed me. Well, I, I mean, yeah, the, the, the first thing is, like, what do you want as the runner? I mean, I can't tell you what you want. Like, you have to make it clear to them what you specifically want because that's the first step because... You may be way different than me. I may tell you what I would ask a crew to do or what Chad would ask a crew to do, but that may not be what you want. You may not want someone to come in and wrap your feet up, uh, your your jacket around your knees every time <laughs> like Chad does. <laughs> and put I a think bl- I did that myself. And put a blanket under his head. I mean, you may not want that. <laughs> so you have to just tell them, hey, look, guys, this is what I'm going to want. I, I eat this, this, and this. I want this ready at this aid station. I want this here. I want this here. But then beyond that, like if he's just asking, if he don't even know what he wants. Then he's screwed. Yeah, I think that might be some of the gist. Yeah, if that's some of the gist that like you don't even know what you want, well. You better start training, Bubba. Yeah, I mean, that comes with experience and time, man. That comes with getting races under your belt and just figuring that out as you go. And I know that ain't the answer you want, but that's just the truth. You don't, you, you're not going to have everything perfect or dialed in the first, but it's. It's getting, you know, once you do a race or, I mean, that's why you do some, you know, get some races under your belt to hone that in, so. 
That's a process. I think I think one thing you better explain to your crewmates, runner, is you better explain to them that the job that they're about to have to perform is going to require them to work really hard and be miserable and stay awake for long periods of time because they might just be coming up into this thing thinking that they're going to go to this race with you and just kind of bebop around and hang out and tell you good job when you come into the aid station. But uh, it's is hard work crewing. Uh, Blake crewed me at Mid-State Mile for how many hours, Blake? 38. Yeah, 38. 38 hours, hours straight. And I was coming in every 20 minutes. Yeah. That's hard work, son. Yeah. yeah. What do you got, Blake? I would. I mean, I would just say as the runner, you need to have what you think you're going to need and everything laid out, and it's always helpful. Like when Chad explains, this is what's in my box. Here's where everything is. And then in my mind, I'm thinking when he comes in, I don't need to be the cause of any delay. Like everything, right. even if I he thinks he might want it or I think he might want it, it needs to be – you need to be ready to grab it within mm-hmm. like two seconds. And then <laughs> – don't be worrying about putting nothing up, cleaning nothing up. You, you got plenty of time between there and the next one to do that. So, yeah, I would, you know, I just, I try not to let any delay be on my behalf. Yeah. And have everything out and ready. Yeah. I don't know if we're answering his question the way he wants it answered or satisfactorily, but I, everything is so individual, man. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And you got to figure it out over time. And, and, uh, yeah, that's a big job to ask people to crew you. And, You've got to lay out your expectations if, or else they have no shot to, to help you. Yeah, you got to lay it out for them. And, and if they're not doing their job, get mad at them. <laughs> okay? That's one of the best things I can tell you. As the runner, if your crew's being lazy and they're not giving you what, what it is you told them you were going to need, start cussing them. <laughs> or yep, even if you scream out. If they don't have what you didn't tell them they needed. Yeah. Then still do that. If you yeah, if you if they don't have the thing that you knew you you knew you were wanting it, but you didn't tell them and they didn't anticipate that, yell at them. Well, okay. and take it a step further. Even if you didn't know you wanted it, yeah, you know, they didn't have it. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. they need to be anticipating. And if that. they try to get you to run when like when you don't want to run, threaten to fight them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Chad threatened to fight me at Cocodona when he about couldn't walk. Well, he was so mad you wouldn't get off your cell phone. All you did was sit around and text while you was... I don't know how you ran that Stayed fast Stayed on his texted. cell phone watching YouTube the whole time. Can I explain to you why I was on my cell phone so much? No, because this that was is where a the, Q&A for you, Because that was Bubba. where the dang land nav was, and I was so daggum... He's on Instagram, YouTube. Jeez. Okay. The anyway. funny thing is, when you did the 24-hour race... Oh, and, yeah, Corn, you crewed me there. Yeah, and Cooney sat there and watched me for hours, mm-hmm. like keep Chad's water bottles full, yep. hoist, yep. hoist full, food packets full. And when David wanted me to get on the on the mic and talk, mm-hmm. and Cooney was going to do Chad, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cooney didn't even stand <laughs> up one time. And Chad looked at me and said, Corn, you're going to have to come back. And I got over there, and there was barely anything in his pack. Well, that that is a good point. The, unfortunately, you can't go watch the replay of that treadmill race. But if you could, 
and you want to know how to crew somebody, watch Corn for 24 hours crew you because he, oh, he did took a care of me. bang up job. For sure. Yeah, he took good care of me. Well, Chad laid everything out. And, well, I mean, that, and, that to my point, yeah, you yeah. knew what, yeah, exactly. Well, we, a lot of these questions that we had, I don't know if you noticed this, Chili, but a lot of them revolved around the military. I saw a lot of questions well, yeah. of young guys asking, should I join the military yeah. and this and that? Uh, what's it like getting out of the military, this and that? And I just did a truck talk on Monday mm -hmm. about would the military take action against American citizens? And I think a lot of people live in this alternate reality where they think, oh, no way. The military wouldn't take action against Take, commit violence against other Americans if they were asked to do so. Dude, I don't know what alternate reality you live in, but the freaking military is going to do what they're told to do. That's what they're going to do. There, there will be a certain percentage of people, service members, that wouldn't obey an unconstitutional or unlawful order, a certain percentage of service members who can still think for themselves, but that is the overwhelming minority, all right? The majority of people in the military believe whatever they are told, and they're going to do whatever they're told to do because that's the way they've been trained and programmed, all right? Not only have, I, have they been trained and programmed that way, but they will, they're, again, like I said on Truck Talk, the military is really good at convincing service members that they are useless and worthless without the military. So these people think, well, I have to do what I'm told to do because if I lose this job, I'm just going to suck. My rest of my life's going to suck. I can't do anything without the military. They're really good at convincing you to do that. I did a truck talk on that a, a long time ago about when I went in to meet with my command master chief and tell and talk to him about getting out, how he was sitting there telling me, well, you're not going to make it without the military. Mm -hmm. You're not. Because that's, he he was projecting himself on me. So a guy that's been in the military for 25 years, and, yeah, you'll never hear that guy's name because he probably got out of the military and just sit. he's going to sit and twiddle his thumbs or get some stupid corporate job until he dies. So that's the way people think, man. Um, should you join the military right now? All I can tell you, man, is there is not a single thing that I would go and do for my, for, no, for this federal government that is in power right now. There is not a single war that I would go participate or support, or fight in, there is nothing that I would do for this government. Nothing. All right? There's nothing that, they, that the government could ever ask me to do that I wouldn't question the, the motives behind it. And uh, here's the other thing. The government is good at painting whatever picture they want to paint of who the enemy is. They're good at doing that, man. They're, they're, they're daggone masters in, in psychological warfare. So the military, the government's going to convince you of who the enemy is according to who they want the enemy to be. 
It's the daggone. It's been this crap. It's been happening. What well, daggone, man? I mean, I can't think of probably the last war that that I can think of, which I wasn't even alive then. That that was actually justifiable would have been World War II against Hitler and the Nazis. Anyways, should you join the military right now? If you want to join the military, you should join the military for selfish reasons. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that. Don't go in there thinking you're going to serve your country. Who the crap are you serving, man? A bunch of turds. If you're going to join the military, go ahead, but go in there and take what you can get from them and then just get out. That's what I would do. Well, say you're in right now. Nate1500 says how to keep the faith while serving in the military, <laughs> knowing they are anti-constitution. Because, I mean, what you just said may be, may be good advice for any 18-year-old any or young man considering going in, but what if you're already in? Dude, that I get it, man. If you're in the military right now, the probably the reason you're still in the military right now is because you don't understand how much better you can do and how much better your life can be outside of the military. Uh, I'm not saying that's for everyone. I mean, this guy that asked this question, he might... He might be super passionate about being in the military and he might be there for the right reasons in his own mind, right? But uh, what I can tell you, man, is how to keep the faith being in the military right now. I don't freaking think, I think that would be impossible for me personally. That would be, first, I don't know how anybody made it through the global sickness in the military. I don't know how. I, I can't believe everybody just didn't freaking leave. I can't believe it. Well, that tells you that they'll all do what exactly, they're told, right? Exactly. Okay. Pro my point proven. Uh, but there, there's uh, how to. I, I don't know. That would be impossible for me, man. So what would I do if I was in the military right now? Well, I would probably ride it out to the end of my enlistment and then i would i would roll on out of that joint son that's what i would do personally i don't know that it's possible man and then i mean would you want to have a plan for what you were going to do next before you rolled out or you're saying just roll out and just figure it out well yeah, I mean you can you can have some sort of plan yeah. for, for what you want to do, right? Um, I mean, I think I, I don't I can't speak from experience, but it seems like what a lot of people say is, well, once I got out of the military, I was just lost for a while. You know, I was directionless and lost and didn't know what to do and confused and Well, that's just part of it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like what could you do anything to avoid that part of it? Well, a lot of I think some guys do. I think some guys have a solid grasp of yeah. what it is they they want to do when they get out, mm -hmm. but I'd say the overwhelming majority they don't know what they want to do when they get out because they've spent their entire adult life in the military. Mm -hmm. So they don't even know what life is going to be like when they get out. Uh, so if there's something you're passionate about, obviously that sets you, that's going to set you up, put you ahead of the curve 
when you leave. But if not, there might be a, peri- a period of time where you're going to have to kind of get your feet under you and figure it out. But once you get it figured out, yeah, it's, it's way, way better than being in the military. Freaking military, man. So what was Brady train or Brad trains ask what your transition was like from military to civilian life? I mean, what, what was it like for you? How did you navigate that? Well, when I when I got out of the military, I probably spent about the first well, no, the first thing that I did, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went and got a job with um Blackwater, now it's called Academy. Uh, training guys out on the uh, out on their ranges, and then I bought me a dang lawnmower in a little four by eight trailer, and I walked around and found people's yards to cut, <laughs> and I did that for probably close to a year. I mean, I was doing people's mulch beds and uh, cutting grass and shoot, man, learning about entrepreneurship is really what I was doing, but. That's what I did for about a year. And then I also started running more, ultra running, signing up for more races, which put me in an environment with other awesome people, which is how I met my friend Jesse Itzler. And then Jesse taught me about branding and taught me about business and gave me some confidence that the things that I had learned throughout my adult life were valuable. And then I took that and ran with it. So the best thing I can tell you to do is find something to do that's going to make money, which is easy. It's easy to find something to do. That, uh, why, why can't people understand how easy that is? I, I don't get it. Like, like anyone can go out. If you have $1,000... You can go out and buy you a piece of junk trailer and a lawnmower and a weed eater and a blower. Might cost you a little more than a thousand dollars. You had to have. Some, <laughs> you started you backing had, it up. Yeah, you had to have some junky crap if you get all that for a thousand dollars. But like, that's just one example. Just and and you can you can take that and you can make enough, if not more money than you, more money than you need to make. That's just one example. There's all kinds of freaking ways to make money. How can you do something for someone that they need done and that they don't want to do themselves? It's freaking that easy. It's, it's, it's limitless, the amount of money we make, we can make. I, I could go buy cornbread a skid steer loader right now, and he would be a millionaire within two years. It's limitless. It's, it's all up to how... It's all up to how much you want to work. Well, when you say stuff like that, corn's sitting there thinking, do it, son. <laughs> no, a Canadian gold skid steer. I'm, I'm just telling you. You can't be throwing I, around stuff like that. Let's no, roll, no, son. It's just an example <laughs> that no matter what it is, like there, there are so many ways to go out there and make money. People are just daggone, they're just, it's too scared to freaking move, man. You know how many times I heard, well, I'm, I'm going to wait to see what this economy does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or yep. I'm going to wait to see who wins the election. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make excuses that are baited with fear yeah. all day long just to do it. Yeah. And what people also don't understand along the lines of this conversation 
is it in those times, like the times that even we're experiencing right now, where it's like, ah, what's going to happen? It's yeah. probably going to get crazy this year. Ah, you know, the inflation is high. People aren't spending as much money. Like, guess what? Every, that's what that's what the masses are thinking. And and all uh, all the other people that own businesses that have corporations that they're all kind of pulling back, right? Ah, we're gonna save. We're gonna try to weather this storm. Like that's the time for you to jump in yeah. and freaking go hard, man. So I'm I'm telling you all this because, and and the reason I use the example with cornbread, the example with me cutting grass, it's like there are infinite number of ways that. There's too many that any people, that actually. any of us could make as much money as we wanted to make. So it's it's literally once you realize that, then you just choose to do what you want to do. But they're really that really is the deal. It, people are aimless, it's like especially when they get out of the military, and and then they go, well, what do I do? Because they, it's not because they don't know where to go. They, they could go anywhere. There's too many. Yeah, like you have to funnel it down somehow. And, and people also worry about like not having purpose when they get out of the military. They're mm-hmm. so used to having purpose. Yep. It's like, it's like, that's, that's, I know I get that, man. I felt that, but it's stupid to feel that way. Like you want to have purpose for me with my daggone lawnmower business. Like my, I found purpose in that. Like I was going to cut this joker's grass and I'm talking about this joker was going to look tight. This joker was going to look tight, man. <sighs> Like that was my purpose, you know. Yeah. And people worry about like not not well. What about the camaraderie and and the team? Look, man, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you the team that I have right now with cornbread, chili, my little brother, and me. This this is a true brotherhood. Let me tell y'all the truth, man. Y'all been kicking this crap around. There is no true brotherhood in the military. It is not a brotherhood. You know why? Because a brotherhood is unconditional, which means cornbread. If you go out to, if you go out and do something freaking off the rails tomorrow, you do the stoop. You go out here and you get you get lit and you run off the road and kill somebody, right? And it's it's all your fault and it's stupid. Guess what? I still love you, man. I still love you. You know what? And and once you reconcile all that mistake you made, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk with you through that, and then you're welcome back here. When once you reconcile that, that's not how that that's not that's a brotherhood. You, look, y'all y'all think that the the bot that the Church of Christ is full of hypocrites and critics? Go to the military. The military is full is is got more hypocrites and critics in it. Then the then the daggone church does. It ain't a dang brotherhood. So if you're worried about what the crap, you're not gonna have a team, you're not gonna have this brotherhood. No, get out and build one, man. Build a real one. Don't don't instead of sticking with one that's fake and doesn't even freaking exist, but we all sit here and act like it exists. No, it doesn't freaking exist. So that's what I'm telling you, and hopefully that encourages you to, uh, if you're unhappy serving in the military right now because we have this freaking weed stick of a government, then get out, man, and change the world. 
You can go as far as you want to go with it. There's, there's no limits. There's no boundaries out here. It's all up to you. Zero boundaries out here. Well, um, yeah, it's very interesting. I think that is probably, I, I don't know how to articulate it, but I think that is honestly part of the issue with people is there's not limitless potential when you're in the military because you do what you're told to do, and then when you get out, you have limitless potential. And I think that just that stifles people. I think it confuses people. I think you almost maybe for a time miss that miss that uh, reg- regimentation of what to do and just from my perspective what I what I could what I could see maybe is going on in in your head after coming from that environment I don't know yeah you but, know you know what people are going to say right now what's chili doing talking about what oh, it's like I'm, to be in the military I'm no not, hold on hold on that's what people are going to say. You know what I got to say to every one of you guys that say, what's Chili talking about being in the military? Here's what I got to say to you. Chili is freaking smarter than you. That's why he's sitting in that seat and you're not. Um, wow. Sorry, I just wanted to put that out there for those few individuals that, that want to say something like that. Well, no, that's fine if they do because I'm not trying to comment on – I don't – I have – I'm not in that position. I, I'm not trying to say what you think. I'm just – I mean, I'm trying to get in that, try to understand that. Really, well, is what I I'm think another people. I think another thing people say is, "Well, do do well, what's what's going to happen to our nation, Chad? You're sitting here telling everybody screw the screw the federal military. Yeah, like how are we going to defend our nation? What about all these, you know, foreign powers and foreign countries and all this crap? Look, man, we don't need a federal military. We don't need that. It, that that was advocated in the beginning of our nation by very few men. Actually, most of our founding fathers were extremely fearful of a federal military. Uh, yeah, they were. They were fearful of that. So you want to worry about what's going to happen to our nation? Yes, we need a we need a organized fighting force in every single state. And states need to be united so that they can support one another. But we do not need a federal, a federally ran standing army. The reason that we don't need that is because it produces the opportunity for a freaking regime to come into power like is in power right now and has been in power for the last freaking four decades it allows them to take and use that standing army, that federal military, against the people. Yeah. They've done it over and over and over again in history. There doesn't need to be a standing federal army. Well, what about another superpower that does have a standing federal army that then comes to these United States who need all this cooperation and maybe they don't get it and then you're more vulnerable in that way? I mean, wouldn't that be the argument that... Th- th- that another Look, large federal government, corrupt as it may be, but corrupt to get to the point that they got to where they could take over. That they smaller. could come here and try right. to invade a state? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the argument. Yeah, no. I, I Look, man, if another nation tries to attack the United States of America, I'm not going to say that there's not there's not a possible scenario that that could be done because there's got to be some scenario where that's possible but it would be the most difficult endeavor yeah. that that you could possibly attempt to achieve 
because of the Second Amendment. The, the, the citizens of the United States are the largest unorganized standing militia that exists on the face of the freaking earth. There's no, there's no other example on the face of the earth that compares to the citizens of the United States of America because of our Second Amendment. If anyone invaded the United States, there would be a freaking gun behind nine out of ten doors. And although the individual wielding the gun might absolutely suck, That's he can problem. still sling some daggone lead at you and make you have a bad day. Yeah. It would be a terrible endeavor. It would be organization versus the unorganization that, you know, it would be interesting to see that scenario. And I think... I don't want to see it, but... I, I think that Americans could fairly quickly mount a organized resistance even from a place of zero preparation. I believe they would fairly quickly mount an organized resistance. Now, how do we save ourselves from that? Well, we go state by state, and every single state goes ahead and does what they need to do to have an organized force, not a standing army, maybe a select few, a very small bunch of full-time service members per state, the rest of the individuals that are part of the state militia are essentially perpetually on call and they are trained and the organ the structure is understood by everyone and then you you have and then you can call it up and wield it right off the bat do we need to be in these other countries like right now what are they talking about freaking striking iran yeah, or yeah. something like that like yeah. come on man let 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 them jokers do what the crap they're gonna do, man. Let let them freaking do what they're gonna do, man. We've been rolling drone strikes through there for a long time. How about this? How about you say screw all these other stinking country, and, and and how about you incentivize Americans to start bringing manufacturing and production and and work and all this stuff back to America? How about you say okay? All right, all of our clothing is made in China. Okay, well, all you, all you clothing companies here in the United States, if you will make your T-shirts in America, they're tax-free. You can sell your product tax-free if you make it in America. How many dang companies do you think would figure out a way to start making their daggone T-shirts in America? A lot of them. Or cell phone company, or what, whatever the company is. Why don't you incentivize people to bring that back to the states, man? But you want to keep using crap from China? Okay, we're going to tax the crap out of you then. Look, we don't need all these other stinking nations and and all these allies, and we don't need to to meddle in other people's age-old conflicts and strife and religious wars and. Screw them, man. Shut, shut this place down, son. Lock it up tight. And we could thrive up in here. But you know what? Your Joe Bidens and your Kamala Harris's and your Donald Trump's and all these other people, they don't get rich that way. They don't get rich that way. 
Well, we we had a question earlier. I can't find the username again, but it was asking your and then you've done some truck talks on this, but it was asking your thoughts on the Texas situation. I mean, everything you've been saying goes right in line with that. Yeah, I mean, it's I've just, covered that on Truck Talk, man. If you don't listen to daggone Truck Talk, you stinking Instagram head, go watch Truck Talk. I've covered that on there. And here's what I want to say on that. All of you all of you guys that, that talk about, oh, this Texas thing is just some WEF, uh, you know, facade. This is, this is just happening because it's an election year and all. Look, man, everything that happens isn't a conspiracy. All right, so, like every you you guys have gotten to the freaking point that no matter what happens, you just think it's a freaking conspiracy, man. Like some things happen that actually happen because it's really happening. Okay? Am I saying this is one or not? I don't know. I haven't freaking been there. But should you question everything? Yes, you should question everything that you see. But some things are actually happening. And, and a lot of you guys are saying, well, why did it take Texas so long to do this? Why are they all of a sudden doing it in an election year? Why did it take them so long to do this? Well, look, we read the daggone reason why to you just the other week in the Declaration of Independence. Because it is our human nature to suffer the evils of our government until the point that they become unsufferable or insufferable. All right, so maybe it's just taken this long for the, this whole immigration issue to become insufferable to the people of Texas. Like maybe that's why it took them so long, because that's their that's their nature. It's the same as your stinking nature. It's the same as you and me. It's the same reason that we're still sitting around here on our butts and we're not coming up with solutions and we're not taking action and we're not uniting. It's the same to, to, in order to push back against this tyrannical government that controls us and taxes us to daggone death to where we can barely even daggone have a... I talked about the other day or earlier, it's easy to have a business. Well, caveat to that, taxes. All right, you you're if you have a business, you're going to work for the government six months out of the year. If you work for someone else, you're working for the government six months out of the year. You just don't freaking realize it because your taxes are coming out of your paycheck every week. All right, uh, yeah, it's the same reason we're all sitting around twiddling our freaking thumbs. It's because because like we've said on the podcast before, I'm all I can leave here this afternoon, go home and eat me a daggone ribeye steak. That's why. Yeah. So why did it take Texas so long to do this? Well, it, maybe it's just gotten to the point where the people said, okay, I can no longer, we can no longer tolerate this. So we have to do something. And I don't know. I, I thought about taking a trip out there just to see what the crap was actually going on out there. So everything you see isn't a stinking conspiracy, man. I'm being rough on y'all today, but you can get over it. Well, no, and I, I think that's worth saying. I think the people, I think when you get into that almost paranoid, schizophrenic mindset that everything is a conspiracy theory, you're the exact same person that thinks that everything that the media tells you is true. I don't see the difference in those people. They, 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 they're extreme. It's not too, like, I think people think that's opposite ends of a line, opposite ends of a spectrum. What it is is it's a circle, and reasonable yeah. people are in the middle of the circle, and you're just out here on the dang 
fringes. Yes. You're on the same line. Yep. You're just as ineffective. If you think everything's a conspiracy, you're never going to be a part of anything. You're never going to be a part of anything that might actually lead to change because you're just going to think it's a freaking conspiracy, man. So you're just a useless piece of crap. Well, you become truly the same person that blindly thinks that everything is true that you hear. Uh, you would you would never get any either of those sides to agree that they're the same person, but anybody else can look from the outside and say, I can't even tell the difference. Which, which side are you? You're just babbling about something. You either believe it all or you don't believe it all. You know, everything's true or nothing's true. I mean, it's it's the same person. and Yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, speaking of, if you go out to Texas. <laughs> oh, I used to like, when, like to listen to the Bird Man. Y'all ever listen to Bird Man? <laughs> oh, yeah. Old school rapper, son. Yeah. Cash money records. That's it, boy. Ah, <laughs> 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 Bird Man. In the house. That's it. <laughs> Who just did that? That's him right down the bird, man, boy. Oh my gosh. Well, we have also we have have a lot of of fitness questions as well. And I figured we could kind of hit some of those rapid fire going back to running. Um someone asked, let's see, where's that? Recommendation for supplements for marathon runners. Marathon running supplements. And I was just sitting here thinking my answer to that is don't overcomplicate it. You don't need a lot of, of supplements when you're running a marathon. I mean, Hoy. You're trying to go fast when you're doing You're trying that to marathon. go fast. You need, well, either whether it's marathon, ultra marathon, whatever it is, running doesn't need a lot of supplements, man. You need a good hydration drink like Hoist, water. And then if you want supplements, we use First Form. I think. Take you a multivitamin or yeah, something. Yeah, I think the same things we keep yourself from getting sick. We regularly talk about using is good is good for running. I mean, you're it doesn't like just because you didn't go do a workout in the gym doesn't mean you don't need protein powder if you're having a hard time getting enough protein in the day. A protein supplement's good. Well, if you take a lot of protein, that means you're just going to have a lot of muscle, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. Yeah, you'll get too big if you take protein yeah. powder. Yeah, and uh, and electrolytes and keep it up like that. I mean, you don't you just don't need a whole lot. You don't need to. Overcomplicate it. Um, just mm, run, man. Just run. That's the beauty of running. That's the, that's the beauty of running in comparison with CrossFit, weightlifting, bodybuilding. Simple. Yeah. Running is like the simplest dang thing. You don't, all you need, you don't even need a pair of shoes, but I rec- highly recommend it. Like, yeah. just go run. Just need sheer tyranny well, of will. Like simple yeah. things, really. Anyways, though, they like it's got. Yeah, that's true. Let's overcomplicate it. Yeah. Well, um, let's go out and spend three thousand dollars on a pistol. <laughs> Dakota, oh, what? Go ahead. Dakota Wally says, "What's the most important part of training for a hundred mile race? Running. Time on your feet. Yeah. Time running. on your feet. The answer's running. Yeah. Yep." I mean, really, it is. It may not be what you want to hear, but we ain't in that business. It's just slap running more. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, somebody asked me in the daggone comments there, in the questions, when am I going to get a real Land Cruiser FJ80? Oh, I saw that. 80 series. Well, there's one for sale right up the dang road. Blake won't let me buy it. So, <laughs> I want to buy it. 
Yes, I want an 80 Series Land Cruiser, but the I, lake's too freaking tight to let me buy anything. I got a good good question here from Bryce W. Yoder. I think this would be good get everybody to weigh in on, well, at least y'all three. How would you motivate a loved one to get in shape physically if they are unwilling? Lead by example. That's exactly, yeah, that's, yeah. I don't think it's you can do much It's your only else. option. What else can you do? You can't motivate somebody. It's to, your only option. To lead by example and don't shame them in the process of doing that. All right? You have any thoughts on that, Corn? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yep. Just do it dead in front of them. Eating, working out. Yep. Everything. Talk about your successes and failures. Yep. You lay them failures out, and then they can say, well, you know, <laughs> I, I can't run this far or whatever, you know, so it makes them a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um, any tips on how to get faster run times? I just had to ask that, too, because I like the way I asked that. Any tips on how to get faster run times? Run times. Yeah. Practice running faster. It's called intervals. That was my... Go out on the track or some nice surface and do intervals. All right? Run faster. Well, I thought then, those intervals were good for the 250-mile distance. Well, that's what we used them for, and um, we had great success with that. So I imagine that if you can do it sure. for 250 miles when you shorten it, it'll just work yeah. even better. Yeah. Um, 24-hour, one-mile loop race strategies. How to not go insane. Uh, stay present. It's the only way you, you, you're not going to go insane is to learn, is to train your mind to stay present. You know what most y'all's dang problems is? Is there anybody watching this thing, Blake? That's uh, 615. 615 of y'all. Y'all, look, out of the 615 people watching this, five, 595, you know what your stinking problem is? You have an untrained mind. Your your freaking mind is untrained. It's just a it's just a wad of of crap. You know, ask me how to run a one mile loop. I'll run a one mile loop for freaking ever, man. Forever. You know why? Because I've put in the reps to to train my dang mind. That's your problem, dude. That's why when I go give a speech, I don't sit here and tell you all these dang motivational this, all who y'all this, motivation this. I didn't know, man. What is my dang speech about, Chili? <laughs> What's the three pillars of your mindset? It's about changing the way you think. That's your dang problem. But you can't change the way you think by just thinking about changing the way you think. You have to put in thousands of repetitions in order to train your ability to stay present, in order to train your ability to, to be focused and deliberate about everything you do and not get lazy and complacent. You have to train your dang mind to be... <clears throat> patient with a process that you're going to have to go through that that you're going through right now if you're trying to grow that's going to be way stinking longer than you want it to be cornbread's trying to lose all this dang weight man guess what is it taking longer than you want it to take oh absolutely. taking way longer right yeah. when you make up your mind you made up your mind okay i'm going to get in shape i want to lose some daggone weight 
Wouldn't it be nice if you could do that in three weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, guess what? It's <laughs> going to take you daggone five years. Yep. It's going to take you five years. And, 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 and you can't do that. You can't run a one-mile loop as long as I can run a one-mile loop, not because I'm a better athlete than you. I might be, but you could be a better athlete than me. I ain't that dang good. I ain't that dang good, man. But I have a daggone trained mind. And that's, that, that's y'all's stinking problem. You've lived, a, a, you've lived this life, and, and, and whether your life has been hard or not, we live in this weird, this weird thing that we've created where you can, it just, you can go through, you can make it through it having a dang mush brain. <laughs> well, the freaking crap, but your man. mindset only works for a Navy SEAL or ultra runner, right? It won't work for somebody else. Like Luke Razanu, he said, can firefighters slash medics take your mindset and implement it for a better career? No, it won't work for you. No. <laughs> It's, not, it's just for Navy SEAL ultra runners, right? All this crap works for everything, dude. Everything, everything that I try to tell y'all guys when I when I when I'm trying to tell you something that's valuable, and I'm not just talking crap. But everything I try to tell you works for everything. It work. It can work for raising kids. It can work for your marriage. It can work for your business. It can work for your faith. It can work for your fitness endeavors. It's 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 the same across the board. Is hardening and honing your dang mind is what it is. That's what it's all about. The whole physical training aspect is important, but is absolutely worthless without you having a trained and disciplined mind. I'm telling you, man. I like this question, too, because we don't talk about the youths much. You know, we've covered down how you kind of view the youths, but uh, I think you may be slightly changing your perspective on that, maybe just a little bit. And he, you talk about training your mind, and I think a lot of people are concerned with the youth of today and think that they're, each generation is getting worse and worse. And this guy said, what are your thoughts on developing leadership with the youth today? You know why the youth suck so bad today? Because we suck so bad. Yep. That's why the youth suck so bad. Because we, we have all failed them. That's exactly right. We've all freaking failed them, man. You know, I, you know when, I look, when I look back on like the last two or three generations of men... It kind of pisses me off. It really does kind of piss me off. That's ridiculous. Uh, and so, yeah, the youth daggone sucks because the majority of us have chosen to suck and fail them. You know, we had a young man on Resurrected last Sunday night. It inspired the crap out of me. Didn't you, Blake? Yeah, kind of fit-looking Shared in on the conversation there. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was probably, he was, I don't know, somewhere between 16 and 18 years old. Here he has decided to set aside an hour of his time on a Sunday night to join in on a call with a bunch of men and women who are older than he is to talk about the Bible. 
And contribute. And contribute to the conversation. It inspired the crap out of me, man. That joker right there has the opportunity to win so big in his life that he don't even understand right now. You know why? Because his competition is so dang terrible that his, his potential is uh, literally endless. Um, so what are what are some some tactics to pouring into the the youth these days? Well, it goes back to the same thing we just said a minute ago. Yep. Lead by example, yep. man. Get your freaking crap together. Right? Build a business. Uh get in shape. That's what it goes back to. That's how that's how you lead them. And, and let them see that happening. Yeah, but that's not what they want. They want to know, like, hey, what's something I can do that don't require much of me that can make a big difference? Well, that's and, the problem. And uh, what what can I do to um, to be a better runner without actually having to really yeah. run a lot? Yeah. And uh, how, how can I just get this result? Because that's really all I care about. I don't really care about who I am in the process of getting it. But just, like, what's what's the secret? Yeah, what's the secret? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's – that, yeah, yeah, and quit cutting these, and, and quit cutting these dang youth so much dang slack too. First of all, fix yourself because you you got no right to hold anybody else accountable if you're a daggone piece of crap yourself, and you're you know you you just you you just barely scraping by in life. So fix yourself, and then be real with these stinking youths, man. You know, you know another thing that's prop that, that's a problem with all these dang youth is they're inundated with the culture that we've created. That's all about mental health and how you feel and how you want to be. No, man, screw that. You're gonna act right. You're gonna act a certain way around me, and if you ain't gonna do it, I'm gonna call you out and make you look like a piece of crap. Did I not do that at a speaking engagement? I do oh, yeah. that at speaking oh, yeah. engagement. Yeah. The, these people have I've the balls it. to call me up and tell me they want me to come and speak to a group of youths. Well, if you're around me, you're going to act like a man. You're going to act right. And if I'm up here talking to you, if I'm bringing the literal last 20 years of my life experience to try to help you and you want to sit out there and, and fall asleep because you're freaking tired, guess what? I'm going to call you out for being a turd in front of everybody. I'm going to stop my speech, and I'm going to call you out for being a turd in front of everyone. Screw the way you feel, man, and your mental health. Act right. And the message laced in that, too, applies to so many questions here. I mean, this person, how to make people appreciate simple things again, how to motivate somebody uh, to your, a family member to lose weight. How to make the youth do this? You can't make anybody do anything. Isn't this just like they're asking, like, how do I manipulate this person? Yeah, I mean, to do how do I what make? I want them to how do, do I make people think this about this? You can't. And yeah. quit trying. F- fix yourself is the message, and then things are are uh, trust me, things result from that. But stop trying to make people do anything. Yeah, that's a mistake. You you won't do it. And you're neglecting yourself in the process, which actually could be cultivated into something that could affect somebody. Yeah. If you fix yourself, people are going to see you and they're going to want to be like you. You're not even going to have to tell them. <laughs> they're just going to see you and they're going to be like, dang, that 
Why it's also is that, just the right thing to yeah, do. Why is that joker never sick? Why does that joker always feel so good? How does that joker do all that stuff? How does that joker have all that money? How does he have all the things that he wants, right? Well, you can tell them how you did it, but they're just going to want it by seeing it. No, no, nobody, there are very few people in life that have that example because the standards we have for ourselves is so stinking low, man. You know, y- y'all understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's wild, man. And this has been happening for a long time. It's been happening for a long time. When, when I was growing up, there was never any emphasis on personal excellence. There was never any emphasis on you being fit. It, it was all, when you talked about money, it was always people say grown men saying bad things about other men who, who had money. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, yes, yeah, that man right there, He's got millions of dollars because he decided he wanted to work harder than me in life. He decided he wanted to take risks, get after it, and work harder than me. And guess what? You can have that too. It wasn't what it was. It was so-and-so has money because, you know, they cheated somebody out of this or, or you know, they, 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 they're just greedy or, or, or all this, man. People make excuses for why they didn't fail when really they're just covering up their failure when they're talking about things like that. Yeah. And 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 like really wanting to know the secret of things too is, hey, maybe I did this and so-and-so isn't doing so great and I was trying to mentor them and that didn't work. you just covering up your failure right there. Yeah. Chad, give me the secret. Mm-hmm. Give me the secret. Don't be scared to fail and don't be scared to let others fail too. Yeah. Let me tell you how my mentor, <laughs> Frank Cutler, treated me. He told me a bunch of crap all the freaking time that I did not want to hear. He, he, he told, and he, so he led by example. He was a Christian. He confessed his faith. He was the fittest man I've ever known in my life. He was financially successful. He had achieved so many of his goals in life. He, 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 he had his self in order. So I looked up to him, and then, and then he consistently, one, he believed in me, and I knew he believed in me, but he also always told me the real stuff. Yeah. That was it. Um, would you say that someone asked about who your role, role model was growing up, would you say that was your first big role model? I mean, obviously, you that was later in life, but I know that was a significant one to you. Yeah, uh, he he was significant. Corn was a role model for me yep, when I was growing right, up. Right, Corn came into my life when I was like fourteen years old, man. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people know. He that. taught me a lot. He taught me a lot of things about being a man. Yep, he he did. He he taught me about honesty. He taught me about commitment. He taught me about competition. Uh, he taught me a lot of very foundational things. So Corn was probably one was probably my earliest mentor yep. in my life. And then when I decided I wanted to be a, be in the military, Frank was my mentor there. 
And then I had some mentors while I was in the military. And now I've had some mentors since I've been out of the military. People that I look up to. I've had them, I've had, I've had them all throughout my life. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to me, the idea of mentorship. Because, you know, after that speaking engagement in Chattanooga, a guy asked you, I thought it actually an interesting question, and really paid attention to your answer and cared about it when he said he had some young man that he was mentoring in a way and he was talking about how he's addicted to his phone and you know always on his phone someone asked a question about if you're going to make the program for people to get less addicted to their phones that you've talked about before but um all that together made me think like I thought you he asked you about how to get him off of that maybe and what you told him the same thing you told him lead by example and yeah well I also told him to provide opportunities for that man to for that young man to do something that was more interesting than what was on his phone. Yep. Yep. You know, that was a lot of what Corn did for me. <laughs> exactly. You I know, mean, providing me this this arena at, of coon hunting, teaching me how to hunt, teaching me how to 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 be a competitor, yep. driving me around to all these places, driving me back and forth to my house like he had to go out of his way to do that. Yep. Like he, he literally had to go out of his way to provide this experience for me to grow at 14 years old. Well, why didn't you just go online and look up Life Coach? or Why did you choose those mentor? <laughs> that, I mean, that's what I was going to say. That what, what I like about what Chad said is everyone he talked about, he was actually engaged with, like in his face on mm-hmm. a regular basis. It ain't just somebody they're watching on the internet or even reading a book about or whatever. I yep. mean, actually engaged with the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, it's got a. Yeah, man. Th- this whole thing of of look, I don't, I don't coach anyone. I don't coach anyone individually because of that reason. That's why I don't coach. I, dude, I have people. I have people in this in this question right here Not asking here. me, "Can I come and spend a week with you?" Yep. Yeah, you you can. But here's the thing: for me to coach someone one on one like that, it would cost so much freaking money that that I don't I don't know that very few people could afford it, right? Because my time is that valuable to me. It costs. It would cost that much money, not because I'm worth that much money, but because that's how I value my time. And I don't coach anyone one-on-one because I'm not going to do it unless I'm seeing you on a regular basis. You know, I've thought about putting together a year-long coaching program for a very small group of, of men and women that we meet up every quarter and we do we spend a week together every quarter doing something growing together right but it would just cost so much dang money i just because i and that's because i value that's how i value my time you know well speaking of your time some people are wondering are you going to use your time to run for office one day well maybe i mean i i don't want to uh but yeah, I kind I kind of feel that maybe I'll be called to do that one day. But let, I, I'll tell you the rub on this. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the rub on this, man. Look, man, I'm 36 dang years old. I've spent the majority of my adult life in a in a service role, right? And 
now, for the first time in my life, I'm able to do something that I want to do, and I'm able to have a, 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 a business and a team, and we're able to, to win together, and, and the sky's the limit, right? I know that if I go back into the arena of serving my fellow countrymen in politics or whatever, it's going to cost me the rest of my life. I only got one, I, I only have enough time to do one more big thing. I mean, really, I only have to, enough time to do, to dedicate myself to one more big thing. And is that going to be running for office and, and potentially saving our country? Or is it going to be me actually working toward the things that I'm passionate about and having the things that I want and providing the things that you guys want, providing the opportunity for you guys to have the things that you want. Like, I know what I I, I know if I'm called, I know the answer that that I'll go with. I'll go back and and serve serve the people of my, my fellow countrymen. But the Lord is gonna have to make that clear to me. It's not clear to me yet. Hmm. Well, that's interesting, but I think that's a good, I, I would hope that you, you wouldn't just, uh, I would hope that anybody who runs for office doesn't really want to. <laughs> I mean, truly. Because Why would you want to? It's, it's like what we were talking about earlier today. We were talking about term limits earlier today. You, you, you know why they didn't establish term limits in, in the beginning? Well, I mean, I think they had a foresight into what it would turn into. That it would turn into this, but but the, I mean that that I think I think well what I mean by that is like I I think I think they had a foresight that it would turn into this, but you're asking why they didn't establish it. Why they didn't establish it? But they didn't establish it because it was it was a honor system. <sighs> it was like this this job that serving your country in in this form of of politics. Yeah, like. This is supposed to be something that you go and do in, you know, the latter part of your life. And it's, it's a truly a, 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 an act of service to, your, to, to represent your fellow countrymen. Now, look, who would want to do that? Like, when you look at guys like, uh, like John Adams, John Adams had a, 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 uh, a very successful law practice. When you look at guys like Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson was completely independently wealthy. He had Monticello. He had land everywhere. You look at guys like George Washington. The Joker had over 8,000 acres of property. He had, he had Mount Vernon. Like, these guys, these guys, they went and served, but... The whole time, if you if you read George Washington, if you read his diaries, like the whole time he was serving his country, all he wanted was to go back to Mount Vernon, the place that he loved, his farm. John Adams, the whole time John Adams served, all he wanted was to go back to his law practice so that he could make some daggone money and do what he loved to do. Like, 
nobody should want to go and do these jobs. Who the crap would want to be a politician for their entire life? What a low-down, useless piece of crap you are if you want to be a politician for your entire life. You are the dregs of society. Why do you think politicians are such idiots? Because they are the dregs of society. They are literally the lowest common denominator. If you if you turn if if you become an adult and you have aspirations to be a career politician, you are the lowest common denominator and you will get that job because the the best people they don't want that stinking job. It's it's supposed to be a, a, a position of service that costs you something. That you have to sacrifice for. It's like if I left here and and I decided I wanted to be governor of Georgia in two terms. Do you not think that this business would suffer? This business would suffer. It would would cost me everything. It would cost you guys. That's what it's supposed to be. So so if I want to go do that job, I'm going to say I want to go do that job because I think I could make positive change for my fellow countrymen but af- but like after 4 years like no I want to get back to doing what we do well I guess what I was asking earlier is I think they had the foresight that it could turn into what it has today I mean maybe they didn't but I think they did so my question is why didn't they institute them then if they did have that foresight and you think it's just because they trusted that people would not want to keep doing it. I I mean, I I thought, I think they had an idea that that could turn into that. The only thing that I could figure the reason they didn't, they didn't establish term limits is because I, the only thing that I can figure is that these men in, in the early, the early days of the United States of America, they could not imagine Maybe they couldn't, a yeah. scenario where anyone would want to do what they were doing for their entire life. Maybe. Like they couldn't imagine that scenario. Like, who on earth would want to do this forever? This freaking sucks. You know? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I would think that they, they had thought about... Maybe they didn't. I, I'm not sure, but... It does beg the question, if they did think about it, why would you not institute them? So, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. But um, the Instagram questions, there's definitely some more we could ask, but I think that covers down most of them. What do you have on a YouTube, Blake? Anything good? Well, there was a lot of people. Well, there was like three or four questions, and you've covered it before, Chad, but they ask how how – do you reconcile taking an enemy's life with your faith and conscience? I think is how it was worded. Mm. But look, man, if somebody's gonna if somebody's gonna kill you, well, you got you better just go ahead and kill them back, man. Like you better kill them before they're gonna kill you. Like what the crap are you talking about, man? Like the you you the Bible says love always protects. Look, if if you if you love somebody. And they're trying to dag, and somebody's trying to hurt them. You better kill them, man. You you you're not you're not gonna talk them out of it. If somebody's coming after you. You're not gonna talk them out of it. That's just. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's just the law of reality. So killing someone is different than murder. The Bible says, "Thou shalt not murder." And the Bible doesn't say. If somebody comes after you, 
and they've got harmful, they've got intent to harm you, that you better not kill them. You better just go ahead and let them, let them take you out. Yeah, it's about the heart, right? If you sign up for the old military and you say, I want to kill some folks, and that's why you joined, then that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. But yeah. So, yeah, it's about the heart. We got quite a few super chats uh, if, if we're at the point we want to read those. Uh, and there's some questions in some of those, so I guess we can. Okay. Thank you guys for those super Stephen chats. Stephen Adario asked if you gotten any Canadian gold just now. No, send me some, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, yeah, he got something to send you. <laughs> he got He's up there near Canada, man. He's been stacking it up. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go down the line here, and I'll hit the questions as they come up. Rob Hammonds gave nine ninety nine. said he appreciated us. Paul Lee. Thank you, Rob. 20 bucks. That's your boy. MB Shellnut. Thank you, Paul. $9.99. NB Shellnut. MB. Oh, man, I thought it was NB. I knew no. a guy named NB one time. He His his name was Napoleon Bonaparte. Get some of that. <laughs> NB, son. Yeah. We called him NB, but this is MB. Yep. M as in. Mike Bravo. Yep. Thank you, good sir. Captain Dan gave four ninety nine. He said, how do you go through your selection process for your courses? Peace and love, fellas. Thanks for the content. Now go read my application. Thank you, Captain Dan. Uh, well, I've actually recently turned the selection process over to our you CEO. Ain't turn, you ain't turned nothing over to nobody. I just started doing it. <laughs> uh, so we, we, we obviously... We can only run so many training courses a year because we run out of weekends to do them on. So we have way more people that want to come and train than we can possibly host. I I wish there was more time. I'm going to keep trying to work harder um, for you guys so, so all of you can train. But we read your applications. I don't know. There's certain things that there's certain things that we look for and read into but you know i'm not going to share those with you guys because i want you to send your application in genuinely how you want to send it in uh and if you apply for some if you apply to come train at the basic course or the rop course or the proving grounds or whatever and you don't get you don't get picked like apply again keep applying every time you apply it bumps you up it bumps you up so keep applying We'll get to you, man. Mute gave $5. They're always on here. Thank you, Mute. Mute or Newt? Mute. Newt. Mute. You called him a they. Newt. Well, I don't you know. You're having a problem with them N and M's today, <laughs> son. Is that ham or pan? <laughs> Newt. Mute. Uh, Christopher Wisman gave nineteen ninety nine. Thank you, Christopher. Matt Newt. gave a dollar ninety nine. Uh, Matt. Yeah, he kept. He sent two. He said Tika seven millimeter thoughts, and uh, he said in another one that this was his first bolt action rifle, and I think that's a fine gun. I, I have a Tika. Tika makes an excellent gun, and seven millimeters are great caliber. So I think you got a good do it all package there, Matt, at, with a M as in Mike. Nat? Oh, so not it's Nat. not Nat. No, it's not. I Nat. said Matt earlier, and he said yeah. <laughs> I I have a Tika bolt action rifle. Somebody else has the question: What's the what's the best distance for zeroing a five five six and a pistol red dot? I say fifty yards and twenty five yards. Fifty yards on the rifle zero, twenty five yards on your pistol zero. What you say, Blake? 
I like the 36 yard zero on my rifle, and uh, I haven't shot a red dot on a pistol enough to provide any answer on that. I just, yeah, I'll just shoot more and see. Well, I just instinctually know these things. Yeah. So mortal, me. mortal dubstep gave 10 bucks, and he said, I'm sorry for the off topic question. I have a friend who recently got out of the military and has a bad drug issue now. Do you have any experience with your brothers falling into that hole? Mortal dubstep. <laughs> Dude, these, these super chats are rolling in. Um, crazy, man. Thank y'all. Mortal dubstep. Let me go ahead and tell you, man. If you got a buddy or a family member or something that has succumbed to this addiction, uh, it literally becomes a disease for them. It is a I y'all can argue with me all day long. I get where you're coming from. I understand that that some people they take these this pain pill or they take this drug for the first time, right? And they're the ones they you you say they choose. Some of them do choose to take it for the first time. Some of them are just listening to what their dang doctor tells them to do, right? But it 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 snowballs and it becomes a literal disease, something that they have that they they cannot overcome it without professional help. All right? And when you're dealing with somebody that's in the dregs of addiction, I want to go ahead and tell you it's been my experience that there is nothing that you can say or do that's going to make them change their mind and and get sober. All that, all that I could do when I was dealing with my wife going through this is I could just be there for her. I could love her. I could do my best to make sure that she was safe. I could pray for her. Um, and I could let her know that when she, when she decided she was ready to get clean, that I was going to support her through that journey and whatever that looked like. What did that look like for me? It looked like for me, when my wife decided she wanted to go to rehab, guess what I had to do? I had to go to my boss in the Navy and say, hey, I can't I can't travel anymore because my wife's going to rehab and I told her I was going to support her. So you're either going to put me in a place where, where I don't have to travel so much so that I can be home and I can feed the dogs and I can do all the things that need to be done around the house. You're either going to put me in a, in a place where I can do that or, or I got to leave this daggone job here. So that sometimes, sometimes, you know, when, when you tell somebody like that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you through that process. When you decide you want to get, get clean, like that's a big commitment, man. That's a big commitment, especially if it's a family member. Um, and and I, I, I and, and and again, it's going to be a long. It's just going to take. A, it's going to be a long process, more than likely, too. But just be there for them, love them, let them know that when they're ready to get clean, you're going to be there to support them through that process with whatever they need. You're going to help them find the place they need to go. You're going to help them if they need help with money, if they need help with things around the house, whatever. You're going to be there to help them with that. And. uh and pray for them, man. But there's not there's not some magic thing that you can tell them to make them change. Yeah, just like with everything else. Yep. Chris Dirk Hop. It's like said, telling somebody that's got dag some terminal illness. Oh, you better get rid of that terminal illness. <laughs> nah, don't work. Rop. 
Yep. Yep. He, he said, appreciate everything y'all poured into me on ROP Team 4. Keep up the good fight. Is that Chris? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Eric Logan, again, as always, coming in at 10 bucks. Eric, thank you, man. Mike Hunt smells. Gave dollar ninety nine cents. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Cape Town, Virginia, always always coming in at ten bucks. Thank everyone, you, Cape Town. Uh, she said, "Everyone or he or she, everyone with a running question, watch the Nuff said running class." Thank you. Hey, we haven't even talked about that in years. <laughs> it's been we a long we time. have a running class online. It's like six or nine videos or something that you can go. It definitely and ain't get. seven or eight. <laughs> It's six or nine. <laughs> we had it, I think it's ten, but... We had it filmed and produced for people who want to get into running. Yeah. That, called uh, Enough Said Running. We did that a long it's time ago. On the ago. website. Yeah. Mark Porter gave 1999. He said, shout out to Calvin Sasser for doing his first marathon Sunday. Dang. Um, my daughter wants to do a 24-hour event. Which one do you recommend for um, you tw- remember her from the rock? Yeah, she wants to do a twenty-four hour run. He said event. She already did one. Well, yeah, she did an event. Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess probably a twenty-four hour race. Yeah, yeah, just just well, I mean, there's all different for- formats. Just go. You can do a don't. I, well, I wouldn't recommend trying a last man standing for your first twenty-four hour race. You ain't guaranteed to get twenty-four hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's I go would do a 24 hour what, that, timed event. The, yeah. That hot rod ultra, that's a yeah. good one for your first 24 hour run. Mm-hmm. It's in a big baseball stadium. There's a there's a there's a really good one in Georgia, um, Merrill's Mile. Well, it's it's in November. It's called uh, the Stinger 24 hour. It's on a track. That's a very good event. There's really not many 24 hour events even in the country, quite honestly compared to other types of races. So that's a real good one in November. I would recommend that one. Rohan, 99, gave two pounds. He said, what do you think about the Royal Marine Commandos? Thank you, Rohan, uh, for your pounds. Um, The Royal Marine Commandos. I think they're good dudes, man. Never (laughs) met a single one of them. (laughs) Everyone you've ever met has been good. (laughs) Good dudes. Joe gave dollar ninety nine. Really appreciate three of seven. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, thank man. You, Joe. Garrick coming in at fifty bucks. Dang, Garrick. Garrick. Thank you, Garrick. He said, "My wife is reading the Bible. Asked me to be a part of Resurrected. Apply for the ROP in June." And he said, "Death to self. Now I understand that this is not for me, but to help those around me. It blows mm. my mind how the Lord used you to get to me. Lead by example, radically." Yeah, Garrick, man. Garrick's he, awesome, he, man. Hey, he ain't playing. No. That Joker ain't playing, man. No. That Joker is not playing. All right? I saw Garrick and his wife on Resurrected this yep. past Sunday. They were sitting right there together. Yep. That's a ROP reunion. Yeah, there's a lot of them. T. Russell on here coming in at 20. He said, we need to stop worrying about ourselves and start worrying about the country we are leaving future generations. God bless. Well, T. Russell, I, I appreciate that, but... Like we've talked about many with many words in this podcast, still do worry about yourself a little bit and make sure yourself is good to go because you can't help nobody if you don't help your daggone self first. Well, that's the point of doing that. Yeah. Yep. You're helping yourself so that for the sole reason yeah. that you can help other people yeah, to include it. your country. Now, you'll like this question, Chad. 
This oh, is gosh. from Just Seth. He's uh, coming in at five bucks. He said, I saw your vid on oh, CCW permits. What's your thoughts on CCW insurance? Recently found your channel, and I respect the heck out of you. Well, what's this guy's name again? Just Seth. Just Seth? Yep. I want to tell you something, Bubba. I don't know what on the face of the earth concealed carry weapons insurance even is. Let me tell you what. Whoever created that is a genius. A genius scam artist. That's what I think about it. A genius scam artist created a way to sell you some sort of insurance to carry a gun. Um, let me tell you right now. Well, you know what it is, don't you? I, I, I yeah. It, no, I don't know what it it's, is. It's um, it's basically if you were to shoot and kill somebody, they it's insurance. Like they'll provide the lawyers and legal. Yeah, it's like thing. a retainer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so good luck with but that. Buddy. Thanks for your super chat, just Seth. Uh, little Virgil coming. I, in. I'm not partaking in that insurance. That's what I can tell you about it. I tell you what, we're gonna start offering low, low, low premiums. Yeah, for, will you for, get us some insurance? <laughs> we're gonna start offering policies, I'm podcast about, insurance. I'm talking about low rates here for insurance on your running hats when you order them from our store. I mean, That's I'm talking true. about low. We need to start selling shipping insurance, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the best deals you're going to ever find. I, I'm going to tell you what, listeners. Uh, around 3SF Project here, we don't believe in insurance. <laughs> All right? We believe in personal responsibility. We don't believe in insurance. Fifty nine ninety nine. you can protect that package. Little Virgil coming in at three ninety nine. Glenn Rogers coming Thank in you, at four ninety nine. Glenn, Glenn. Uh, Adrian nine ninety nine. Thank you, Adrian. Said, is there an age limit on the basic course? Uh, could y'all pray for for my buddy? He got cancer earlier this month. Thank you for everything. Roger that, Adrian. Um, is there an age limit on the basic course? Yeah, we generally we generally uh, have it at eighteen years old. Ain't that right, Blake? Well, that'd be the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I th- maybe he's asking the I old. I think he was oh. asking more of the top Oh, no. Come on. I don't. We don't care how old you are. Come on now. It's a walk in the park anyways. You just got to be double digits. That's all it is. All you got to do is be able to walk. Yeah. If you're a hundred, hundreds the limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we Now, we have had youths out on our course, but they have to come with a parent who is a active participant, not a spectator. Mm-hmm. Jackarette coming in at four ninety nine. Thank you, Jackarette. Said where? <laughs> where can I get some of Chad's maple syrup? You ain't getting coming none. right up for you, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Jr. No, this is this is interesting. Jrr Arrow gave nine ninety nine. He said years ago I was hicking in <laughs> Kennesaw Mountain Whoa. with my pit bull. And I was down, but I was training hard and pushing through. And you hiked by me, and I saw the fire in your eyes. I know that fire well. Years later, you pop up in my feed. 
How about that? Thank you, JR. That's wild. You saw me back in the day, boy. You can't yeah. mistake that, can Back you? when molesters was trying to get me out there, boy. Whoa, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> that, happened to, that happened to him. Yeah, I was out there at Kennesaw Mountain one time stretching in the parking lot, and there was a molester over there masturbating. Easy, easy. <laughs> Easy. Watching me stretch. Easy. I like to. I couldn't get to him, but I ran up to him and started kicking his door and beating on his car. And he had locked his doors and he sped on out of there. It's a lot of molesters out there on Kennesaw Mountain. That Damn. gets brought up every time we have a Q and A. Hey, <laughs> we went coon hunting one time. You may not remember. He don't remember nothing. <laughs> and they was two dudes from Rising Phone. That's up in Dade County, yeah. Georgia. Yeah. And, I mean, they looked like they was straight off the banjo port, son. <laughs> and we was on a competition hunt. And Chad went over there to use the bathroom. He'd come back and say, hey, man. I said, what's up? He said, that joker pulled his wheelie out right in front of me and just started peeing. <laughs> I, I mean, just peed right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, his eyes big around his dang 50-cent pieces. He'd come back and told me that. Crazy guy. <laughs> You like pulled his wheelie something. out. His <laughs> a wheelie. Oh, Badger Wolf coming in at $5 said, any tips on becoming a minute man? I train in boxing and wrestling. Just want to get the tactical side down so I can be ready. Well, Badger, there's all kinds of people out there that are train you. I'm not one of them. But uh, go find you a credible tactics firearms instructor and train with them. Kyle Chiraboga, ninety nine cent. John Thomas, dollar ninety nine. John, thank you, man. Uh, John Thomas gave another dollar ninety nine. Said, "What's your opinion on spotlighting?" Thank you, John. Well, I mean, spotlighting deer. How how I hungry guess. are you? Yeah, <laughs> that's a very effective method to kill deer. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, uh, I would recommend just getting a thermal though. Be a little more discreet. Yeah. Jay Leslie coming in at $10. Grateful for all the knowledge you share with us. You've helped me reshape how I face adversity in life. God bless you Praise and your the family. Lord, Jay. Thank you. Joey Boswell, $19.99. Grief. Thank you, Joey. David, $1.99 said, Chad, we need more truck talks. And would probably agree, wouldn't she, Corn? Yeah, David, know. thank you. Chili told me to cut back on the truck talks. We, we got to play the game, man. The, U, the YouTube screws us. Yeah, YouTube's been getting slapped silly. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't understand, man, how hard it is to be on YouTube and to not get your mess just all shut down and screwed up. It, it's a dang game. That's all Chili does is study that. Philip Radick coming in at four ninety nine. I'll tell John's you what I'll brother. do. I'll tell you yep. what I'll do. Well, no, I ain't gonna tell y'all that. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> Back to Philip. Proficient gave $1.99 said, what are your thoughts on Air Force PJs? Thank you, Proficient. Air Force PJs are really uh, highly trained people. They have the, they have really in-depth, difficult training. Adrian, the one that asked the question about the basic course. Oh, yeah. $1.99, and again, he said, 18. All right, I'll see you in 2025. Enough said. Oh, so he was on the young end. Yep. Dang. Yeah, I told you he was on a. Young in man. That's yeah. Adrian, man. Travis Van S just come in nineteen ninety nine. Uh thoughts on spiritual warfare within marriage and ways to combat it. Thank you, Travis. Uh spiritual warfare within marriage. Well, ways to combat it is you, you got to come on you got to get you got to come against it, man. You got you got to pray you got to pray against that mess. Uh yeah, I mean it happens. 
It's happening all the time. And you can't be scared to come against it. Uh, you should, you should, we should all be praying with our spouse. Um, yeah, that's what I think about it. Yep. Proficient, come back in, $1.99. Can you finish going through your I Love Me binder? Proficient? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can pick back up on that one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we could pick back up on that. And the last one right now, Beyond All Reality, nine ninety nine. Beyond All Reality. And some people Thank on, you, buddy. on here are mad because we didn't read every other comment on here. But, you know, the super chats just stand out in color and there's like Probably a thousand chats on here. So well, if we're also going to thank anything, those people. So yeah, so y'all yeah. can. Yeah, look, look. If you get mad, <coughs> if you're getting mad right now because we didn't read your comment, I got two words for you. <laughs> oh boy, screw you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna read a few more comments just because. Holy crap! How long is this podcast? Still, well, one, the super chat's still rolling. Oh well, about, about an hour thirty six. But we didn't have a marathon podcast. There's some here. things we need to cover, man. I want to talk about the race. You about? Well, you said that was all Instagram had, Chili. So, well, some have come in. Well, well they're going to keep coming in. I might have to delete that story when we Matt, leave here. Matt Brown just asked, "Why am I so soft?" Uh, That's a question for you, though. Yeah, he man. didn't want me to answer it. Yeah, because you. What? What? I don't. You can answer that question for yourself, Matt Brown. <laughs> well, he asked you why, why are I'm you so, so soft. Oh, why Chili's so yeah, why soft? Why Chili, not him? Matt Brown, Chili beat the daggone brakes off of you, son. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? What well, a foolish question. Uh, uh, well, another one that came in was about the race. People wanting a little more information about the race. Man, it's all on Ultra Sign Up. That's about all the information we have. So. Someone asked how the course is looking. Course is looking good. It's going to be ready for you next. Uh, we just saw it today. We just saw it today. It's looking real good. There's leaves. There's a few leaves. We knocked them off the trail. Good to go. Race is good. Guess still got some spots left. You got a few days to sign up. Sign up now. Hey, you might not want to sign up for that race, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, well, maybe not. If yeah. you're soft, don't sign up. Yeah. If you're feeling like a little bit of fluff, a little puss, don't <laughs> sign up for that race. I'm going to tell you, I think I'll break you off, you soft, untrained mind. Well, uh, Lions P&W come in two bucks. Mike Hunt smells come in $1.99. Oh, Dang, Wesley boy. Smith, $1.99. Derek Carswell, $2. Jekarett, $1.99. Said, why is Blake a better shooter? Uh, <laughs> Blake's real meticulous, man. He's he's real meticulous about all this stuff, and he also just spends all of our money, our money. Oh crap! <laughs> yeah, he he called me yesterday. Oh, this he's got a freaking two thousand dollars scope on his gun. He's like, oh, this scope ain't gonna work. I'm gonna have to buy me another scope that's got a different reticle. What'd in you it. go spend all our money hey, on man, yesterday? I didn't buy nothing yesterday. Oh, you ain't paid for it yet. What? Paid for what? <laughs> What'd you do yesterday? Oh, I bought a suit yesterday. Yeah, what'd you buy it with? Our, all of our money? <laughs> I have to have a suit, man. You been for what? I have to have a dang suit. Yeah, so don't come I'm at me with you, some bull crap I'm gonna mess tell you, like that. I'm going to tell you why. Look, man, I, I go to these speaking engagements, man. Need a hat, too. And these cats. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a hat, too. I got the whole thing, man. 
Look, man, these cats come walking out in their daggone suits they bought from the daggone men's warehouse, mm-hmm. just looking, just just looking like, I, I mean, just Homely. looking like an old set of curtains off of a double-wide trailer, son. <laughs> uh, look, I'm about to show y'all jokers what a suit looks like. I ain't never had a suit in my life, but I'm about to show y'all what, what one looks what like. What kind of hat you going to get? If you don't get one of them style like off the movie Lawless, oh, you're yeah. a punk. You got to get one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, mine's white. All white. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to go no see suit? my man Hal and get, you a, get your suit tailored up. I got the hat ready. Yeah. It's important stuff, Blake. I'm spending money on I'm spending, spending money all on of important our, stuff. Our money on this, on fabric. Yeah, man. Fabric. Look. The Bible says don't worry about what you're going to wear and what all this stuff. Don't he clothe the, 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 Fields with all the, the flowers, the and you know they look in fine how they are, cause how he created and, and be modest and don't go. You yeah, know, he said hey, the Lord. Hey. Yeah, the Bible says the Lord's going to clothe you. He's going to clothe me, but that don't mean you ain't got to go get your own darn outfit. Hey, you got to go get an outfit. I'm just trying to get another jug of protein, man. I know here just, just corn over here. He protein. that's it. <laughs> it takes him three jugs to make one drink, and he runs out quick. And look. I, I messaged uh, Jarrett the other day. He and Mex- messaged me back. Jarrett, if you listen to this, I'm still waiting, man. Uh, <laughs> Cape Town, Virginia, coming back in at five bucks. Listen to this. Chili swole in that Chad V. Chili Challenge a couple weeks, a couple Saturdays ago. Well, he ain't no more, Cape Town. <laughs> that joker done thin right on yeah, down. Tell him, Blake, what happened? You seem to know more about why it happened than I do. Well, you had fat biceps. You <laughs> I, lost all that fat, and now it's down to that little muscle. Dang, man. Something is rough around yeah. here. Can't even dang. hold on to you. Yeah, that shirt, super that, chats. Sh- that shirt is looking a little small on you, Chili. Well, I, mean, yeah. I mean, no, that shirt's looking a little big on you, actually. It's baggy, ain't yeah. it? Yeah. I used to fill it out. Yeah, what shirt is that? That's barbell, long sleeve. What's the name of it? That's the Havoc. Yeah, it's got to be the Havoc long yeah. sleeve. Yeah. Well, I look, like it, man. They make this in several different colors. This is my favorite. That's yeah. That red. I mean, it looks good. It does look good on you, but it's gotten a little big on you. <laughs> so. He might, hey, he might need to use that that barbell warranty. You know, where you, if you outgrow, warranty. You, outgrow your clothes or you shrink down, shrivel down, they'll yeah. exchange the size. Yeah, they'll exchange the size for you. Well. You might need to utilize that, Chili. No, I'm going to grow into it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and make this episode brought to you by our partner at Barbell. Look, man, all of y'all jokers are talking about, you know, you don't want you don't you don't want to go get you a pair of jeans from Barbell. Uh, look, man, it's the most comfortable jeans you can ever wear. That's all I wear. Yeah, and not to mention they have a 1-year guarantee. If you rip them, tear them, anything goes wrong with them, you get you darn uh get you another pair of jeans. So they got a one year guarantee, dude. Go get you some jeans or something from Barbell. They're good people, man. And all you jokers whining about the inseam length, they got different <laughs> inseam lengths now. If you want if you want whatever size, they'll hem them to exactly the length you want. Just put it in there. Yep. I uh, I used to not wear much jeans either, but now I don't only just wear these. I work out in them and I've been running in them. <laughs> You, you wore those jeans the whole time at the Proving Grounds. Yeah. Yeah. He wore them in CrossFit the other day. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're legit, man. Thank you, Barbell, for making this episode possible. Well, Check them out at barbellapparel.com. And I'm going to grow into this shirt here. Thank goodness. You know, Well, I just use that exchange. I know you don't like to send stuff back. I'm not going to. I'm going to grow into it. I just use that exchange. Nope. All right. Is that it? No, S. Ray Arendelle, four ninety nine said you sold me on the Glock nineteen X. Thank you, Travis Van S. Coming back at a dollar ninety nine said Miami Vice suit all white. Yeah, uh, beyond all reality, nine ninety nine said thank y'all for everything. Your your do guys, you you do guys, gonna have a have to have to tuck that beard in your new suit. One of them there beard tuck deals. Jeez, no, Blake. I'm gonna let this beard ha- hang out. Well, you know, beyond, some people on YouTube can't spell. Beyond <laughs> all reality, beyond all reality, don't and make fun of you like that, man. I can't spell either. I can't spell nothing. Uh, all right. Thank you guys for supporting us here at the Three of Seven Podcast. It means a lot to us. Uh, you guys are actually the only reason that we're able to to uh, sit down and do this show week after week. It's because y'all keep coming back. You keep listening to the show. You guys support us in the Super Chat, which is beyond my expectation. Crazy. It's absolutely insane every time you guys come and contribute your hard-earned money to us here at 307 Project, enabling us to have the equipment that we need to have to be able to set aside the time to do this show. And uh, we just hope that we brought something to you today that was uh, valuable. And, and made your time here worthwhile. So we love you guys. Lord willing, we'll see y'all next week. And, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Enough said. <laughs>